right. Well, welcome to church, everybody. If you love Jesus, say amen. Amen. Our God is so good. It's so good to see everybody at Spring Lake Park, Maple Grove, Elk River, Lakeville, if you're worshiping online with us. Uh, we love to greet everybody. You may not know this, but every week there's 600 or more people that worship Emmanuel with us online. Can we celebrate that? So we love it. If you're online, thanks for worshiping with us. God's doing incredible things. We all know that it's Father's Day this Sunday. And so we uh, probably at all locations already did a quick recognition, but we're going to do one as a church together. How many, would be, how many would agree that family is very, very precious, right? They're very, very precious. I'll show you a picture of my family. It'll be up on the screen in just a moment. And uh, that was taken just a couple months ago. And uh, how many of you know that if I told you the whole story of our family, there's ups, there's downs, there's wins, there's losses, and there's an, also God's incredible blessing. So we want to take just a moment. If you're a dad or a granddad, would you stand to your feet with me, please? At all of our locations, would you do that? Yeah, we can clap and celebrate that. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. But I just ask you to stand up. Uh, and now we can really clap and we can really celebrate. Come on, every location. Come on. Man. Remain standing, dads. Don't sit down. Just remain standing for just a moment. Um, sometimes we don't take a few moments to give dads the recognition that we need. And I just... We're going to pray in just a moment, and uh, I just want to remind you, if there's anybody at church this weekend on this Father's Day that you're still looking for, wondering what a good gift idea, let me give you a good gift idea for dads. Words of affirmation. I'm serious. Words of affirmation. My kids or grandkids, I, I don't need a gift card. When they speak words of affirmation over my life, it means everything. And every father and every grandfather, young and old, that's standing right now, I just wanna, I wanna speak a word over you. And I want you just to receive this and we're gonna pray and I'm gonna ask you to repeat it back to me because these are two things that are very true. So would you, re, would you say this after me? Say, my story is still being written. My legacy is still being formed. Amen, thank you, it's true. So even if you're like, man, my story's been kind of rough leading up to this point, it's not done. Your story's not finished. Well, I don't have this legacy that, Pastor, I don't have the family that you put up on the screen. It's still being formed. Would you just open your hands like this, dads and granddads, and let's just receive God's blessing. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray over every father that's here. God, we thank you. There's none of us that are perfect. We're all still growing. God, even if we've come from a place of pain and difficulty, you can heal, restore, forgive, and we got asked that in our lives. And so, Father, would you just speak um, just to our hearts, each and every dad that's standing. Number one, we thank you for every person. And number two, we pray you would move in all of our lives in a special way. And Father, that we would love those closest to us and we would make a positive difference in their lives. God, thank you that our story is still being written and our legacy is still being formed. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said one more good amen. Amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. Thank you for doing that. 
Uh, we are in uh, a series this summer uh, in the book of Exodus. And uh, Pastor Nate, this is week three, preached the first two weekends. They were great messages. You can go online and watch those if you've missed them. So we're in week three, and uh, I'm just gonna take a moment here at the top, and I'm gonna test our Exodus IQ, all right? But we're gonna make it really simple. How many are sitting next to somebody that's really smart? Raise your hand, wave at me. Good, good, not very many of us, but that's okay. Um, and I'm gonna make it true or false. How many love true or false questions, right? 50-50 chance. Come on, somebody, right? So just to test your Exodus uh, IQ here, here are three really quick things. The first one is this. Es Exodus basically means leaving one place and going to a new place. True or false? True. Don't overthink this. True or false? True. All right. The second one is this. God does many miracles in the book of Exodus. True. Everybody say true. Here's the last one. The Israelites always displayed great faith. True or false? Oh, look at that. Man, this is a smart crowd today. Yeah, all of our locations. That is false. When you read Exodus, you realize that the people of God were up and then they were down and they were up and they were down and they were complaining and they were celebrating and they were doing all these different things. And how many of you know sometimes our life's like that, right? Uh, it's easy to kind of poke fun at them, but sometimes that's our journey as well. So before we jump into week three, we're going to talk about the timing of God in week three here. Before we jump in, I want to ask what I'm going to call a clarifying question for all of us and all of our locations. And, and I just, I, I want to ask this because it's really basic, but it's really important. So here's the, here's the clarifying question that's vital. Does God keep his promises? Does God really keep his promises? He does. There's something in our answer to that question that should have conviction, right? Not just like, well, I think so. No, no, no. God does it. God keeps his promises. We don't get to decide the method, the timing all the time, but one of the things I want you to hear, no matter who you are, first time to church this weekend, or you've been in church for many, many years, our God keeps his promises, he is faithful, he is true, he is amazing, and we trust him with all of our hearts. So let's jump into Exodus chapter 13. Um, is there anybody that loves the Bible? You are gonna get, we're gonna get a lot of it, all right? Because there's a lot to cover this weekend. But, uh, and I'm gonna pause a few places. You can follow along in the app. You can follow along on the screens as well. And we encourage you just to, to track here because there's so much powerful scripture. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistone, Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they will change their minds and return to Egypt. Notice God's concern. God's concern is that his people that now is the time for his promise of freedom to be fulfilled, that when they, when they face danger, they would quit, they would turn around. Just hold that thought because it's gonna come up later in scripture again. Now it says, so God led them in a roundabout way. Everybody say roundabout. So your city didn't come up with roundabouts, okay? I know they're really big right now, but God came up with it, right? Through the wilderness toward the Red Sea, thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and he provided them, he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or to travel by night. 
And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. Amen. Jump chapter 14. When the word when word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. What have we done letting all the Israelite slaves get away? So got to understand, again, pause here. He had agreed to let them go. He had agreed to this would be the moment after years and years and years and years and years and years and years of slavery. Pharaoh's like, I'm gonna let them go. I'm gonna let them go into the promised land that God has for them, all that kind of stuff. There's something that took place here, and you can read this in the book of Exodus, where, where he, changed, he changed his mind. So Pharaoh, um, he says, so Pharaoh harnessed his chariot and called up his troops. He took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with its commander. The Egyptians chased after, after them with all the forces in Pharaoh's army, all his horses, all his, char uh, his chariots, his charioteers, and his troops. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore near Fihanath, across from Bel-Zaphon. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and they did what? Everybody say panicked. When they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. Now remember what God wanted them not to do. God led them in a different direction, right? So that when they faced resistance or fear, they wouldn't turn back. So God led them in this new direction, this roundabout way. And it says, it says, it says this, it says, um, they saw the Egyptians overtaken and they cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, Moses is their leader, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. How I many you know this is not a fun group to lead, right? I mean, it's just not fun, right? But Moses, everybody say but. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Turn to the person next to you and say, stay calm. Say, just chill out, right? That's we just need to, we need to hear that periodically in our lives. And that's what Moses said. God's got this. It's incredible. Um, when I was 16 years old um, was the time that I gave my life to Jesus. My first time that I ever prayed the sinner's prayer and accepted Christ into my heart to be my Lord and Savior, something that we'll give everybody the opportunity to do at the end of the service. I was raised in a Minnesota here in a liturgical church and went through First Communion and different things, but I knew religion, but I didn't know relationship. And I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. So my mom, who had become born again and, and just Jesus came alive in her life, and she prayed me into a retreat, as a lot of godly moms do. And so I went to this retreat called Tech, T-E-C, Teens Encounter Christ. I was 16 years old, and I remember... Um, this guy was sharing his testimony. He was a man. Um, he, he was like 28 years old, and he felt super old to me, okay, because I was 16. And uh, he shared his testimony about Jesus coming, becoming his personal Savior and how it changed his life dramatically. I had never heard a testimony like that. 
And I was listening to that. And that night, I prayed to God. I said, God, I want you in my life. I surrender my life to you. I want you to take charge of my life. And uh, I don't know if there's anybody else like this. Is there anybody that when God saved you, he radically saved you? Can I see your hands right now? All locations. Um, so I was full of passion, just not a lot of wisdom, okay? And, uh, but I love Jesus. I just did some things that weren't the smartest because I didn't know, but I thought I knew everything. So I got saved. I gave my life to Jesus. Less than two years later, I find myself at Bible school. One year into Bible school, I'd gone through classes, been a full year. I felt like I, I knew everything about the Bible and Christianity, right? I mean, no, it's a little naivete, right? But I, that's what I felt. And can I just tell you, 35 ish years later, um, I've gotten way better at giving this answer to difficult spiritual questions. Sometimes I have to give this answer. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And I, I got to be okay with that. God knows everything. I don't know everything. And the other thing that I've gotten better at, especially the last few years, is if you ask me a question, I'm not sure what the answer is, I might say to you, I'm not sure, but this I know. I'm not sure, but I know that God keeps his promises. I'm not sure, but I know that God loves your prodigal child. I'm not sure, but I know God wants to restore your marriage. I'm not sure, but I know God wants to use you in a mighty way. I'm not sure, but I know God can set you free from addiction. I'm not sure, but this I know. And for all of us on this journey, that's kind of the conviction that Moses had in his heart and his life. It's so, so important. So as we talk about the timing of God, I want to ask you this question for all of our locations. If you have ever struggled to understand God's timing, can you just put your hand up? Some of us, how many of we should have both hands up right now, right? Because it's like we struggle with it a lot. It's very normal that that happens. It's, it's just part of the journey that's just very real to each, each and every one of us. So I'm going to give you some key observations. Um, some of you that know me, I love to do some teaching points. So again, these are in the app. They'll be up on the screen. You can follow along. And they're from basically summary observations. As I look at Exodus 13 and 14, as we're in this series week three on the book of Exodus this summer, I want to share this with you. If you're ready, Sam, ready? ready? All right, here we go. Here's the first observation. God is always on time, but it often feels like he's late. Okay. Come on, somebody, give me amen there, right? I mean, he is never late. He's always on time. But sometimes to us, it just feels like he's late. And guess what? He's sovereign and we are not, so it's not, he doesn't ask our approval, does he? But God is always on time. But sometimes it feels like he's late. So when God rescued, we're gonna read the Red Sea moment in just a few the scriptures in just a few moments. When God brings that moment, the Israelites didn't know what was coming, so they thought he was gonna be late. But God is never late. Sometimes it just feels like it, and that's okay. Here's a second observation. The Israelites, they had God's promise, but they did not know God's timing. They had God's promise, but they did not know God's timing. And church, I will tell you that this is a principle and a truth that will stay with us for our entire lives. 
So we have God's promise and we know what that is, but we don't always know God's timing. And that's just part of the journey. Well, pastor, what about the longer I serve Christ? Will I get better at knowing his timing? No, because it's his. It's not ours, right? Our role is to be obedient to it. Obedient to what the Holy Spirit's saying to our lives and leading us to do. It's so important. That's the second key observation. Here's the third key observation. What may look like a detour or a delay may really be God's protection and his perfect timing. Woo, yes. I love that in this passage. What may feel or look like a delay or a detour might actually be God's protection and his perfect timing. Man, that is so true. You say, why, why, why do you say that? Why do you know that, Pastor? You know why? It's because God loves you unconditionally. He loves you unconditionally. Matter of fact, I just want to pause and just say to anybody that's in church, if you haven't heard in a while, your God loves you. He loves you. You might say, Pastor, my life's messed up. God loves you. He wants to help you overcome what's messed up, get victory and healing, and he loves you. Amen? Because he doesn't love us with a performance-based love. Amen, church? Our God loves us. So two more, really quick, two more observations. Take notice of the evidence that God's presence is in your life. Take notice of the evidence that God's presence is in your life. Because it is true. You may say, Pastor, what do you mean by that? The Israelites we've already read about that they were not always a people filled with great faith all the time. But the entire time, God put a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire with them. God's presence was always with them. And so just, I, I just remind you, take notice of where God is in your lives whether it's in your relationships, some friendships, it's in your devotion time, it's you're reading a book and the Spirit of God prompts you to do something, you're with your kids, your grandkids, you're in church, you're in a worship experience and you just feel the presence of God. Just take notice. And can I just highlight real quick? Notice that the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire, God did not pull, a, pull it when they were complaining. He loves us. Doesn't want us to complain, but he loves us. In his presence, we just need to take notice of it. I gotta keep going. So here's the, here's the fifth observation. God often chooses to move through courageous leaders. I know that's not really deep, but I just wanna say it. God often chooses to move through courageous leaders. When I read this event, these chapters in week three of our series, I, I don't know about you, but I'm inspired by Moses. I'm inspired by him as a leader. And, and let me just be clear. If you, if you know, he didn't start out strong. He started off like, God, I stutter. I can't say it right. I don't know. Send somebody else, right? He didn't start strong, but boy, did he finish well. And he had this courage that was just really, really incredible. And some of you are like, amen, I'm thankful for the Bible leaders that are courageous. I'm thankful for pastors or friends or mentors or parents that are courageous. And I want to pause and give you an application step right here. Where has God called you as a leader to be courageous? Where has God or where is he calling you as a leader to be courageous? I think it's so, so important to answer that question. Whether you're a parent, whether you're a friend, whether you're an employer, whether you're a connect group leader, whether you're a pastor, whether you lead a company, whether you lead a prayer team, where, whatever, you have a friend, somebody that's under your influence, 
Whereas God's saying, I need you to be a courageous leader today. That's so, so important. I'm gonna ask you to grab this card. You received it at all locations on the way in. Would you grab that, this card? Every one, there's one per person and our hosts are ready. If you did not get one, put your hand up because we're gonna use it for just a couple minutes here. So our hosts will move in quick here. There's some down front and probably at our locations, there's some at Lakeville or Maple Grove or Spring Lake Park, Elk River that have their hands up. We wanna make sure to serve everybody. So one per person, if you would grab this card, it says Exodus on the front. And then on the back, I'm gonna talk through it just for a second. It just has one simple phrase. It, said God, it says, God, please help me too. God, keep your hands up. We'll make sure we'll get your still a bunch over here. Um, that, needs, that need cards, so just keep them up. We'll serve you. Thank you in this whole area. Thanks so much. Um, God, please help me get to, and then I want you to fill in whatever you want. I already have mine filled in. I know what I'm asking God for, and we're gonna pray over these at the end of service. It's really important. I, matter of fact, I grabbed uh, yesterday this Eyes on Eternity card. Pastor Nate had us do something similar a couple months ago during that series about where our focus should be. And I was reading yesterday about the things I wrote down. So when you do one of these things, save it. And just hold on to it and keep it for a few months. But God, I am asking you, please help me get to a place of, and you can fill in the blank. You can put in there a healing Get me to a place of healing. Get me a place to a restoration, a place of peace, a place of a restored marriage, a place of a new vision, a place of faith over fear. Whatever it is, whatever it is that's in your heart that you wanna say, God, I'm I'm just gonna go out and I'm gonna ask you for the miraculous in my life in this way because we are reading about Exodus and how God does the miraculous. How many know we should ask him for that, right, church? We should ask him for the miraculous. I think it's so, so important. So now we're gonna, we're gonna jump in, all right? And I hope you're ready for one of the coolest places in scripture. You might call it one of the theme events of this whole series, the crossing of the Red Sea and this whole miracle. So let's look at this together. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 37. If you're with me, say amen. Amen, thank you so much. That night, the people left Ramses and started to, towards Succoth. There, there were about 600,000 men. Everybody say, say 600,000. 600, Plus women and children. 600,000 men plus women and children that are going into this event leading up to the Red Sea. Let me show you a picture that kind of illustrates this. This is a really close illustration This picture is about 1.8 to 2 million people. I'm gonna leave, we're gonna leave it up just for a moment. Most Bible scholars believe with 600,000 men plus women and children that the number was around 1.6 to 2.3-ish million people. We're not talking about a connect group of 15 people crossing the sea. We're not even talking about a location of Emmanuel. We're not even talking about the number of, the, of, of, of our evangelical churches in, Emmanuel, in Minnesota. We're talking about that size of a group that's gonna be on this journey together, all right? Does that make sense? It's really important to see that. So with that, let's read um, some more scripture. It's a lot of scripture, but it's the last really big part that we'll read together. Here we go. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff Raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle 
of the sea on dry ground. So let me just pause really quick too, because sometimes we read into this event the wrong, the wrong truth. Sometimes we read this like God was sharing this journey with Moses for nine months. Like God was giving him the plan of everything that was going to take place and this is what was going to happen. That is not what happened. God just says to him, hey dude, get going. Part the sea, right? I don't know about you, but I would have been a little nervous as well. And a little bit like, okay, God, how is all this going to happen? God asked Moses to do something, something big. And then the angel of God who had been leading the people of Israel moved to the rear of the camp. The pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them. The cloud settled between the Egyptian and the Israelite camps. As darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire, lighting up the night. But the Egyptians and the Israelites did not approach each other all, all night. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. I'm going to pause here. <laughs> How many are like me? That if God parted the sea and there's two million people waiting across, is there anybody else like me? Like, I want to get in the first half, right? Come on, somebody, right? I, I want to, I'd be like, Jane, let's go. I mean, I would have wanted to get way up to the front just in case that, that east wind stopped blowing quite as hard, right? A uh, little bit of fear can creep in. Anyways, that was free. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. Then the Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and charioteers, chased them into the middle of the sea. When all the Israelites had reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, raise your hand over the sea again. Then the waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians and their chariots and their charioteers. Verse 28 says, then, then the waters returned and covered all the chariots and the charioteers. The entire army of Pharaoh of all the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea, not a single one survived. What an event. Not a story, an event. It's not a parable. It actually took place. It's incredible. I've, I've seen the Red Sea. It's just incredible to think that that happened. So as we get ready, I'm gonna share some application for a few moments and then we'll finish out the message. But I wanna ask you to say two really important words. Say the word promise. Say the word process. Promise and process. And what I would encourage all of us at Emmanuel to do, just what God's challenging me to do as well, I would encourage you to hold on to God's promise and persevere through the process. Hold on to God's promise and persevere through the process because they're both gonna happen. The promise is very real and it doesn't go away. The process can get a little bumpy at times and there can be some roundabouts, right? Where we're not sure what's happening. But it's so important that we hold on to the promise and we persevere through the process. So here we go. I'm gonna share these quick six important truths. And, and if you are currently in a season of waiting or um, the next time you're in a season of waiting, these will be super helpful because they enter all of our lives. We all face these moments. And I, some of them are so basic, but how many know sometimes we just need to be reminded of God's truth? So here we go, six important truths. Number one, God hasn't left you. God hasn't left you, right? He hasn't. 
The pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire never left, church. Never. So there's a lot of things that are in question, but God's presence is never in question. The Bible says he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. God is, God hasn't left you. Here's the second one. God sees you. God sees you. Pastor, that's the same as the first one. No, it's not. God knows your address. If you're running from him, he knows where you're at. Hello. Come on, somebody, right? If you're running towards him, he knows where you're at. If you're sitting still, he knows where you're at. God sees you. You're like, but I can't see him. But he sees you. God sees you. Just know that and know it as an encouraging, loving, heavenly father. He has a covering over us. Here's the third important truth. God's promises have not failed. God's promises have not failed. Come on, on the count of three, we're gonna say amen. One, two, three, amen, right? His promises have not failed. And some of you are like, well, it feels like they have. Well, this isn't six important feelings, okay? This is, this is six important truths. God's promises, sorry, God's, not really, God's promises have not failed. They're solid, they're rock, they're, they're so, so important. Here's the fourth one, it's so important. Frustration is okay, bitterness is not. Frustration is okay, bitterness is not. We do a whole message just on this truth right here. God understands that we get frustrated. He understands that we get hurt. He understands that we may not pray everything perfectly all the time or something. But do not let bitterness grow. Don't let it grow. Don't let it take root. You say, well, how do I stop it? Ask God. Ask God. Run towards God. Right? Because frustration's okay. Bitterness is not. Pastor, I have bitterness in my life. What do I need to do? Run to Jesus. And he will uproot that by the power of the Holy Spirit and replace it with his freedom. He will do it. He will do it. He will do it. So frustration's okay. Bitterness is not. The fifth one is lean into God's word. Lean into God's word. I feel like Pastor Nate could be preaching this one because he, he's so good at always telling us as a church, lean into God's word, right? God has the answers. God has the truth. I don't have the truth. God has the truth. Why do we say to everybody, hey, read your Bibles every day? Why do we do that? Because God has the answers. God has the truth. So lean into God's, lean into God's word. I read that passage earlier where it said, it said, God will fight for you. Just stay calm. Man, there was a time of several years ago I opened, up, I opened up and read that verse. And how many know when you need something like that, it's amazing. It's amazing. God's word has that effect. Lean into God's word. Here's the sixth one, the final one. When victory or the finish line comes, you still will not have every question answered. Can I just share this with you? Because it's true. When victory or like the finish line comes, you still won't have every question you have answered. And can I tell you, that's okay. That's what it means to live by faith, right? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen means I don't get to say, God, explain everything to me. I would, I would much rather not ask him to do that and just ask him to show up in my life. God, please th thank you for being evident in my life. So just know when the healing comes, or the prodigal comes home. Go ahead and grab these cards one more time. 
or the deliverance happens or the marriage gets restored. There's a lot of pain in the process or the friendship gets restored or the job gets found after being unemployed or this miracle takes place that you've been asking God for. There's a lot of questions that happen when we're persevering through the process. When we get to that point, God's, God may not go back and give us answers to everything. Just rest that he showed up. And even though he might have, you might have felt like he was late, he was right on time. And he showed up in our lives in a special way. So in just a few moments, we're gonna hold these cards and we're gonna pray for them. And um, why are you doing this, Pastor? Is it, is it, is it kind of hokey? To, no, it's not. It's kind of drawing a line in the sand. Say, God, this is what I need to do. If there's men that like, oh, I don't need to do this. Men, I tell you, you do need to do this. I need to do this. We all need to do this. So I encourage you and challenge you to say, God, I'm asking for this miracle in my life. And I believe that, God, you can do it in my life in a special way. So we're gonna pray over these in just a moment. We'll have a song of worship and, re and response in just a few moments. But I wanna read this last verse from Exodus chapter 15. It's so good. How many love good news? Say amen. Amen, this is such good news. With your unfailing love, you lead the people you have redeemed in your might. You guide them to your sacred home. One more time. With your unfailing love, everybody say unfailing church. Unfailing. Unfailing love, you lead the people you have redeemed. In your might, you guide them to your sacred home. I'm gonna ask everybody to stand here and at all of our locations. And um, I'm just gonna ask you to hold this in front of you. And we're gonna pray. We're not gonna pray a prayer of discouragement. We're gonna pray a prayer of victory. We're not gonna pray a prayer of, God, I don't know if you can do it. We're gonna pray a prayer that says, God, I know you can do it. God, I know you still do miracles. God, I know you're faithful to your promises. So church, right now, as we hold these, let's just pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, God, I thank you for everyone that's holding one of these requests. Lord, it's something that's from our heart, and we are asking you, God, please help me get to a place of whatever that looks like. God, we ask for your healing. We ask for your strength. We ask for your deliverance. God, we pray for miracles. God, we will, we will hold on to the promise and we will persevere through the promise. And we ask that in Jesus' name, you would do miracles in our lives. You would do miracles in our relationships. You would do miracles in our church, miracles in our schools, miracles in our colleges, miracles in our homes. God, we thank you that you are a God who loves us with all of your heart. And we pray together, we agree together for miracles in our lives by the grace of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said a good amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.